Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Hey, what if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye. I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. Now, here he is, the coach. Buddy Martin. Hello, welcome to the Buddy Martin Show, a Tuesday edition for you, folks, coming to you live from the Studio 12, where this morning there were all kinds of noises on my roof, as the roofers were finally here replacing what was left of a roof from Hurricane Irma. It only took, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven months. But uh, as you'll probably hear a little later on when I do my interview with Steve Spurrier, which I taped because Steve Spurrier happens to be having a press conference as we speak as the new head coach of the team to be named later. Uh, it's a team without a name. Uh, we'll tell you about that. Coach Spurrier speaking about that earlier this morning. And, of course, on top of the roof, a few noises. Coming up in a couple of minutes, we're going to be talking to Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football. I believe we got three more games this weekend, I think, spring games. Is Mississippi State, maybe LSU, South Carolina, I have to check the schedule. We'll talk now about what's ahead there. Tony, of course, does some work for ESPN, writes a column, really good column on uh, college football. And uh, later in the show, we'll play the interview with Coach Spurrier, now a headball coach again. And then we will talk to someone who is at the press conference, the uh, host of the show in Orlando, Mark Daniels, who will tell us what that press conference was like. All that coming your way in just a moment. Uh, also, there I don't like to pass along rumors, especially about uh, injuries, but there are some things going on out there about possible injury to one of the key starters on defense. We're going to treat it lightly. We're not going to treat it as news. I've heard it on two or three different occasions, but I don't like to quote things that are just rumors. I don't know who would be able to confirm this or some of you folks out there might have heard the same thing. I'll say hello to our Gator Nation Kingdom, our new elite member, Andy Heyman. Hello, Andy. How you doing? Kyle Montwood, I believe it's KMT, isn't it, Kyle? Uh, Paul Bell, ran into Paul Bell on the way to the ball game. Uh, John Sapp. Hello, John Sapp. Kevin Siminski, Chris Howe, uh, Bill Fryer, and David Baldoff from over in Deland. Good to see David over the weekend. We'll be talking to you today. Uh, about more about Gator football uh, and uh, getting your takes here online uh, as you type into the message. This is the Center State Bank Tuesday. Center State Bank, centered on community and customer service. Our thanks to the good folks at Center State, my bank here in Ocala. By the way, 
with 82 different locations to serve you in Florida and 30 different counties. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but thank you to those folks for being a sponsor of our Tuesday show. Tomorrow, we'll be at the World of Beer in Gainesville, Tioga. Brady Ackerman, I spoke with him this morning. We're ready to go tomorrow, and we'll do some more post-mortems on the Orange and Blue game as well. So uh, plenty of football, which is what we feature here on this show, in case you didn't know that, uh, coming your way today on the program at all week long. I mean, I've got Chris Lowe of ESPN, uh, Robbie Andrew, the Gainesville Sun. Get Robbie's take uh, on this. Um, uh, also, um, uh, Chris Doring will be with us uh, probably at some point in time. Zach Alberti. We're loaded with guests this week. We were scheduled to have Laura Rutledge today. <clears throat> and I got a message from Laura this morning. Her husband suffered an injury. <clears throat> He's a baseball player in the minor leagues for San Francisco. <clears throat> she had to be with him today. So, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, Laura says, I'll try to do it next week. Says to be sure and say dilly dilly to the folks out there. Laura, one of your favorites, one of our favorites. And, uh, we will uh, <clears throat> we will be talking uh, with her later on. So that's what's coming to you today. Tony Barnhart in a moment. Uh, Coach Spurrier's interview. And then uh, a little later on, uh, we'll be talking to our uh, our friend Orlando Mark Daniels about what his take was on the Spurrier tre- press conference. I, I don't know. What do you think? Is it a mistake or was it the right thing to do for Steve Spurrier? I don't know. I got one negative tweet about it. So, um it's Tony. Let's go right to the hotline now and talk to the man they call Mr. College Football. This is Tony. This is Buddy Martin. Tony, how you doing, buddy? Buddy, I'm doing well, my friend. It's it's finally warm here in Atlanta, Georgia. We we had an extended winter, it seemed like. <laughs> you had a lot of bad weather. There's I have a, one of my best friends lives there and, and he was not un, unhappy with some of the some of the mornings we got up when it was really down there. Uh, low. So we're glad you're in the sunshine again because you always like to bring the sunshine yourself. And I would, I'm not sure exactly uh, whether or not you're going to be going to cover a spring game. <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> I, I would imagine uh, you'll be watching closely. I think there's three this weekend. Mississippi State, South Carolina maybe? Is well, no, South Carolina's had theirs. It's oh, Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. Tennessee and Alabama. All right, I'm a week behind. Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama. Uh, well, that's going to be interesting. Uh, uh, out of those three, I mean, obviously Alabama gets the attention because uh, the quarterback situation, although it's down to a one-horse race now with the injury to Dua. Uh, but of all the three, Georgia is certainly a team close to you that uh, you follow and their situation. Can they be the kind of football team they were last year in competition? And it looks like they, the Bulldogs got it going on. So what is the storyline you're looking for? In Athens, Tony. Well, you know, I, I felt that Georgia, uh, you know, it was a perfect storm for Georgia last year, buddy. Everything fell into place. Okay, you had Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle both coming back as seniors. That that never happens in college football, where two senior guys come back at running back. Uh, all of a sudden, they they by accident they discovered Jake Fromm got on the field when Jacob Eason started the game. Uh, they won a one-point game at, at Notre Dame, and that sort of got their j- season jump-started. They lose to Auburn and get avenge that loss in the SEC championship game. I, I, I think Georgia was a very, very good team last year. Now, can they be as good this year? I don't think so, but I still think they're good enough to win the East. I think people are going to be watching on Saturday to see some of the new defensive players, and every, all eyes are going to be 
on the rookie quarterback Justin Fields, who's a you know highly depending on who you ask, the number one or number two high school quarterback in the country. How does Georgia use him? Uh, what does he do on spring day? I think that, I think that'll be the main storyline Saturday in Athens. It seems like this league went from no quarterbacks to too many quarterbacks. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, these guys who started on these great teams can't get it, may not be able to start this following year. What happened? Well, well, you know, first of all, people are recruiting very good quarterbacks who are competing, but Alabama's got a returning quarterback. He's being challenged. Auburn has a returning quarterback in Jared Stidham. Florida's got a couple of guys. Felipe Franks has obviously started some games. Georgia has a starting quarterback. Kentucky will have a new quarterback. LSU, Ole Miss uh, gets their quarterback back. Mississippi State, Nick Fitzgerald gets their quarterback. Missouri, Drew Locke gets their quarterback. South Carolina, Jake Bentley gets their quarterback. And Vanderbilt and Kyle Shermer gets their quarterback. There are more good returning quarterbacks than we've had in a long, long time. Isn't that the truth? Good problem to have, that's for sure. Um, And, you know, I don't know if you saw any of the game uh, in Gainesville, on Saturday, it was a fun day for a lot of people. Uh, the recruits sure liked it. Some of the shenanigans that went on, which uh, think about Bear Bryant, General Raylan rolling over in their graves, seeing something like that, <laughs> some of the things that happened. I thought it was good fun. I think certainly the, the recruits thought it was good fun. Uh, and uh, But I don't know. It, it, to me, Tony, it, it, I don't assess a spring game necessarily by saying this guy won the job or that guy mm-hmm. won the job because you can't win a job in the spring. You know no. that. Uh, I assess it by improvement and some kind of semblance of organization, execution, and fundamentals, and a chance for a team to get on a little bit of a big stage and see how kids react to it, and really how much how the crowd reacts to it. I think for the most part, Florida's game was successful. Maybe not as much as we'd like to see in the quarterback's progress, but it, it takes a while. So uh, I don't know what you drew out of that, but I drew it out of as we got a two quarterback battle here, and it won't be decided. Maybe until the season starts. Well, I, buddy, I quit going to spring games about 15 years ago because I, it became clear to me from talking to the coaches that they they weren't going to really get anything done. They weren't going to show you anything, particularly when they started being on television, and they weren't going to. Nothing in the spring game was going to decide a position. And so I think it's for the fans. I think it's for the fans to have a good time to come out. Hopefully, the weather's nice in the spring. And in a case like Florida, there's a newfound energy, yes. okay? In a place like Texas A&M, there's a newfound energy. Mississippi State is excited because, they, you know, they're excited because they got so many seniors coming back. It's just a chance to have some fun, and uh, I don't think coaches take them very seriously anymore. I know that I don't. Just for the game. The spring practice is very important, but the game itself is fun for the fans. Well, you, you want to advance your – your your, your storylines, and of course the storylines are fairly obvious at most places. Florida's being quarterback position, uh, you know, and and, and then arrivals of a new coach. And to me, the significant thing there is, Tony, it's a completely different attitude to Swamp. We had a yes. uh, we had a tent there on the Gator Walk uh, in the Gator Nation King. I saw it. it looked great. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, uh, and um, <clears throat> we go. Uh, uh, you know, we could sense in that group of people there, we all uh, noticed it, uh, and, and also among the fans, there was a fresh spirit there. Now, my mm-hmm. son was on the sidelines, and he was, uh, he was, he, he said you could really sense it down there. A number of people who saw the game on TV really sort of uh, commented online, well, that's foolishness. 
That's not, you know, that, that's that's just corny, you know, whatever. But to the people at the game and the people who are there, they didn't think that way at all. They seemed to think it was fun. So I think there's a perception there sometimes. That the game is being played, hopefully, for the people in the stadium. I hope, or somewhat, although sometimes I wonder, it seems like it's being played for people on TV, doesn't it? it well, it, it's both. It's both. Cause, because, with the, look, with the, with the advent of the SEC network, it used to be, one or two, maybe three spring games are on TV somewhere on ESPN. Now, with the SEC Network, guess what, buddy? They're scheduled at 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock. Yeah. So you can, you can get all three in any one day, and, and another one might be on ESPNU. And, yeah, this is the television age, and uh, people – listen – People already start to talk about football now. They, 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 you know, the, the, you know, the, the final four is over. The Masters is over. Yeah. Now, okay, let's talk it's about the Masters season. is over. Yeah. Let's talk about football, yeah. There's no question about that. You and I do it every summer. Someone on our uh, our show said, well, what are we going to do all summer? I said, just you wait. <laughs> you oh. got your summer planned out, Tony. We do it every year. And uh, <laughs> it's fun. In, in many ways, it's almost like Christmas, you know. Uh, Christmas, it's, it's leading up to Christmas, that's half – that's a two-thirds of it right there. When Christmas gets there and it's over, okay, it's a different deal. But anticipation in football is so key to me to what makes the game fun. Well, and I've been doing my little spring tour, and, and, and it's, it's really fun to go out in the spring and talk to the coaches and talk to the coordinators and players and stuff like that. I've, I've, been, to, I've been to 10 campuses, hope, hope to get down to Florida uh, really soon uh, to see Coach Mullen. And it's just it's just a neat time of year because there's no you know the coaches aren't all stressed out. There's no game to prepare for, uh, and they can be a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more open with you. So it's it's uh, I've I've been doing it a long time this my spring tour, and it's all it's always fun. It really is. All right, so so Tony, um, uh, of all the of all the of all the. <laughs> Sound like a movie from a Bogart movie or something. Uh, of all the t- all the gin joints, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, of all the all the all the stories around. I mean, there, there's it's easy to 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 fall sway to uh, to think, okay, uh, it's all about Alabama, and, and usually it is. But there are really good storylines in a lot of places. I mean, certainly you could quote, and you mentioned several, not the least of which is Jimbo Fisher. Naturally, what he can, can he translate that. His success to out there, uh, you know, the coaching changes, uh, the situation that Tennessee's been in for so long, it's stuck. Uh, can they turn the program around? Can uh, can can Kirby Smart sustain in his, in another year? There's so many good storylines out there. Is there one in particular or two that you are really going to focus on as we sort of count it down, you know, to the season as we get uh, well, we start to, the countdown to kickoff, right? Well, two of the most intriguing storylines to me, I mean, you mentioned Tennessee and can they get it turned around and all, you know, getting a fresh start and all that. Mississippi State intrigues me because Dan Mullen left Joe Moorhead with a roster that is stocked, okay? that People are going to be singing Dan Mullen's phrase. Mississippi State, buddy, has 19 scholarship seniors on their team. Who has 19 scholarship seniors anymore? And obviously with Nick Fitzgerald coming back, I had a chance to sit down with him. He's running around, you know, he's not taking any, he didn't take any contact or any of that, but he is running around full speed and they think he's going to recover. Uh, and just that whole situation at Mississippi State is a team. And oh, by the way, 
uh, Florida and Dan Mullen come to Starkville on September 29th. Yes. Circle that one on your circle that one on your calendar because I'm telling you they are they love Coach Mullen and they were going to welcome him very enthusiastically when he gets to Starkville. Let's put it let's put it that way. The the other one that really jumps out at me that I'm really sure other other than Florida is 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 Texas A&M. Because Texas A&M has athletes, what they don't, they there's two things they don't have. Their quarterbacks have not been very well coached, and they have not been able to stop the run between the tackles. That's been that's been their mm-hmm. uh, Achilles heel for for the whole time that Kevin Sumlin was there. And we know that Jimbo Fisher can coach quarterbacks, just like we know Dan Mullen can mm-hmm. coach quarterbacks. And we know that they they will get better on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, Texas A&M plays Clemson at College Station the second week. How big is that going to be? Well, I think it's going to be the game of, <laughs> around here, the game of the year uh, for Florida. And certainly for Mullen, without question, it's going to be huge in terms of even national scene. I don't know what Mississippi State schedule is, but uh, certainly uh, with Joe Moorhead and a lot of things, People are talking about uh, how impressive a coach he is. Mullen going home is the story of the first quarter, the first four weeks, in my opinion. It's got to yep. go, go national, especially if Florida go, comes out and goes, goes uh, what is it, 3-0 and or 4-0, and whatever it is. They beat Tennessee, and they go in that, that game undefeated. That becomes a huge game for, for Mullen for many th- reasons. And uh, I think you're right. That's, that is one of the good – that would be, to me, a top a – top Eight games of the year uh, situation there. Yeah, that I think that is one. I think the fact that the second week of the season, Georgia has to go to South Carolina, and I've been to South Carolina, and they're excited about playing Georgia with what they have coming back after winning nine games last year. I think that's a big one. Uh, the fact that Auburn opens up with Washington in Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, in the Chick Fil A kickoff, I think that is going to be huge. Uh, and so in Tennessee, Tennessee plays West Virginia in Charlotte to open the year. And some people are going to pick West Virginia to win the Big 12 championship with uh, that quarterback that you're familiar with. So, yeah, yes. it's, it's going to September is going to be wild. It is. Well, Tony, as always, we appreciate your time. Tell folks where they can read your columns. I know that. Uh, a lot of people here on the Gator Nation Kingdom love your writing. Just give them the information, and they can do what I did and subscribe to it and get your columns on a regular basis because uh, we have only a few voices in the around the SEC that I follow, and yours is one of them. Well, thanks. The, the, the website is TMG. TMG stands for the Media Guides, TM, TMGCollegeSports.com. And we put it together. We, we've been in business about uh, two years now with three of my – old newspaper buddies, one in L.A., one in Boston, one in uh, Chicago, and we got the whole country covered. It's a small subscription fee, uh, so we don't, you, don't have to have, you don't have to see ads or anything like that, and we don't, we're not interested in the clicks. We're interested in good writing and, uh, about college football and college basketball. But, yeah, I, I would encourage folks to, to look it up, TMG collegesports.com. If you like college sports, it's one of the best. Uh, I, I said so on today. Uh, if, if, Scott Fitzger- if F. Scott Fitzgerald was writing today, uh, David said, how many clicks did he get? <laughs> you know? How many clicks did you get? Yeah. Was, not, not was it any good, not even, even right. if it was true. Well, was a great how many editor. people clicked on <laughs> yeah, it? Exactly. <laughs> All right, Mr. Barnhart, college football, nice to talk to you, sir. 
All right, buddy. Take care of yourself. Thanks very much. Yeah, I agree in that. Blaylock, good to get all these insight. Yeah, I'd like to like to hear from people like that because, you know, sometimes we get a little too, what's the word, myopic, right, about things. And we get uh, where we uh, we start, we, we hear, we get, we get to a point where we get too much homerism and we start wishful thinking and confuse wishful thinking with actual, you know, analysis. Uh, speaking of analysis, we're going to have some more people on here later in the week, early next week, to do a little analysis and tell you about uh, information, data, etc. I'm not a numbers guy. I have an appreciation for it. I understand why people would. Uh, but I also am not going to uh, uh, sit there and, and, and decide based on numbers what I think of Dan Mullen's record, I mean, his his, uh, his job, unless the, the only number that matters in the end of the season is the winning loss, right? That's basically it. That's all the only number I care about. So, yeah, so numbers, fine, but uh, we don't have to worry too much about uh, analyzing everything with numbers. Uh, I, I have some things to say about the spring game, which we didn't get to last night, uh, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, the... You know, the, the way Emory Jones is being handled, his mother today uh, talked about, well, actually yesterday, and Zach Albavardi, who will be on with us, I think, maybe tomorrow night from World of Beer. Uh, he won't be there. By the way, bring some friends out tomorrow night, World of Beer. Gator Trivia, uh, we're going to be broadcasting there at 6 to 7 tomorrow night. Uh, Brady Ackman, of course, along with Bubba. Maybe Brendan Martin, we'll see. Uh, they will be there. We'll be uh, doing our thing. Got a great crowd there on Saturday night for the after party. Enjoyed it. If you haven't checked it out, you need to go out there and do it. It's a, it's one in, in Tiago. It's not the other one. Uh, it's a great location. It's right there uh, off of Newbury, Newbury uh, traveling west. I think just about three miles from from Interstate 75. And Kerry uh, and the guys chat out there. will take good care of you. We had a good meal there. Uh, we had about 30 people out there all that night. And a few rounds of beer and enjoyed ourselves enormously. And it's a great location. We love being there every Wednesday, World of Beer. I want to just mention before we go uh, to the rest of the news, thank you for checking in there, folks. Uh, I see Chad and Jennifer and Richie and Roger. Roger, coming home soon, hopefully in June. Uh, uh, also, uh, Joey McBrayer, Mr. MVP for the weekend, uh, C. Flatman, uh, Nat Blaylock. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Alexander Perez, always a faithful guy. Uh, Mike Chairs, uh, Jeffrey Bennett. Thank you for checking in, folks. And be sure to like and share. As uh, Yeah, and there's Bubba. What's up, Bubba? Yeah, yeah, good to... Um, Bubba, what? It's, what is it? Wife birthday? Oh, Steve Sappen says it's going to be my wife's birthday dinner. Well, Steve, you should be cooking for her or taking her out and do something, buddy. So, uh, yeah, Um so I want to mention our friends at Center State. So important to to pay attention to the people who support this, make this possible. Because we got to, while we might not be able to make any money, we can keep the lights on at least and keep doing this as long as we can. Uh, and people at Center State Bank are making this possible. Center State Bank centered on community and customer service. Some of their um, core values include locally market driven. They're really about the local area. Uh, they do their business here. The decisions, for the most part, are made right here under the roof, uh, the ones located here in Lochway, Marion, et cetera. There are 82 of them in, uh, let me get my numbers right. That's actually, yeah, 82 locations in 30 Florida cities. And, and their, their hallmarks are world-class service, 
Uh, they look at the long-term horizon on things, whether it's the market or loan, lending money, et cetera. Uh, and it's all about relationship banking and faith and family. So uh, it, it's it's my kind of place. That's why I go to the one over here on Silver Springs uh, Boulevard and uh, have been for quite some time. Centered on community service, customer service, three locations around Ocala Games to serve you. Center State Bank, check them out. Should be glad you did. Uh, mentioned in, Emory Jones and um, Zach Albaverde's uh, piece, and the mothers usually are the ones who have the truth. You know, they watch it closely, and the coaches they they better not lie to the mothers. That's for sure, uh, because that'll get you in trouble, man. They better not lie to anybody, but especially mothers. Uh, and Emory Jones' mom, I think, has a really great attitude for people who thought, "Well, I want to see more of Emory Jones. I want to see this. I want to see that." Well, you know, uh, don't be so fast. Think about it as slow cooking, okay? You know what slow cooking, cooking is? Ask any chef. The late, late Dave Del Rio used to say to me, I love slow cooking. And, and you know, it's worth the wait. Um, Emory Jones, you see just enough of him to know that he's got something. Uh, and you can see where he will be brought along slowly. I hear that the coaches were not happy with the quarterback play. I didn't hear from anybody that I really knew or didn't get it authentically. So I just have to say that's one of the buzzwords around. And I'll have to ask the people if they heard it. Later on, we'll have Robbie Andrew on this week, and Chris Doring will get some of that stuff there, people close to the team. Uh, but but Emory Jones' uh, mom said, I don't think Coach Mullen was going to put Emory in a position where it became too overwhelming for him. He did just enough to give him an opportunity and expose him to a big crowd. So going into it slow, there's that word, slow, is not a bad thing. If he's not the starting quarterback when fall comes, he's going to work hard and complete, compete regardless. He trusts the process. He trusts Coach Mullen. So a trust is a big word for a quarterback, um, and uh, trust is something that coaches need to have um, uh, with, their, uh, with, with their quarterback and, and vice versa. So they're building a relationship, um, and Don Mullen, Don Mullen, Dan Mullen's a very good uh, quarterback coach, and I have confidence that, that he will be able to uh, uh, he will be able to groom him. Now, here's the other thing about that. Before we go to to our interview with Coach Spurrier, you're going to have yeah, you're right, Lynn. What a great mom. Exactly right. What a great mom who has that perspective. So many parents have unrealistic expectations, and that's what drives coaches crazy. That they think every kid, every parent who says my kid can win the Heisman Trophy. I mean, it's, you're doing your kid a great disservice. It's okay to embrace the potential for greatness and expect your kid to play great uh, and to play the best that he or she can. But by the same token, it's also the unrealistic expectations are really, um, 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 really bad for sports and bad for the kid and what have you. So, you know, the mom did a great service there, and it's something that I think that, that needs to be attended to. The two quarterback situation. What we got going on here? I got justice being made in flight. Um, we're testing. We're, we're testing audio from afar. Um, I fixed this on. It okay, there you go. Brendan is having his mom come in and fix the audio. Just tell me, Brendan, what it is. Uh, anyway, so uh, as I'm doing this show, uh, so I, I think what we know is there's a there's a two quarterback there's a two quarterback system two quarterback situation for Florida, um, and that's what it ought to be. And Bubba has. To say, Bubba says it's going to be Trask. I say right now it's going to be Felipe Franks. I don't mean that's a projection for next year. I mean, as we speak, 
And the reason being, I said to Bubba, and Bubba and I are probably going to talk about this a lot tomorrow, um, is that the running component is so important for Mullins quarterback, or it has been. Look at Dak Prescott, look at Nick Fitzgerald, and so on. They all had to run, not all the time, but when asked to, they had to be, as he says, be willing. And you've got a guy who's 6'5", 230, whatever, who really is fast for a big guy. I mean, he'd be a heck of a tight end. Uh, and a guy who's got some wheels. Now, do you want him to run 8, 9, 10? No. But you want him to run three or four or five times a game. And just the fact that when that offense, when they when they do hand the ball off from running a misdirection play or whatever, uh, you, you, you need that element of threat. It changes the way the defense can play, plays completely. So in my mind, before that decision is made, unless Felipe Frank shows no progress and can't read the defense, you know, and he struggled with that, uh, and he doesn't know how to throw the ball out, out of bounds, which he, by the way, did. I was glad to see that. Uh, uh, he, he, he's got the tools. It's when is the light bulb going to be turned on? Trask is a little ahead in that department. He throws a better medium and short-range passes, releases quicker. And sometimes Felipe tends to bail and run. So those are things that can be coached out or coached in of quarterbacks, but the tools are there. And I think the important thing is, and Mullen said this, there's some talent on the squad, okay? There's talent. Uh, So uh, we'll see. Uh, And the Frank's Trask, as you say, Kevin, debate will go on. It will make make an interesting conversation this summer. And in the end – Whoever gets the job is probably going to be holding it temporarily for Emory Jones, the heir apparent. Will he be in this year? Well, a lot depends on the success of the offense, doesn't it? Coaches get impatient when the offense doesn't move the ball, and that could change things. So just a few thoughts there on the Trask um, and uh, Frank's quarterback derby, and you folks have a few things about that. Uh Let's see, uh, Mike Tackett says, hey, buddy, I, I got to tell you, I love our array of weapons we have on offense, but we need that quarterback that's going to get real with these weapons, get well with these weapons. Um, offensive line needs more work, but it will come uh, with time. What do you think? What do you think, buddy? Great to be on. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we can really tell about the offensive line. You can't tell about offensive line till you go up against some, some really players, good players, and then how can they handle blitz and how they block down and, you know, what, and, and how they pull, how, you know, do they jump off sides? You just don't know. This is why we can't expect too much here at a spring game. We have to be realistic, okay? We have to understand that it's, uh, um, that, that this is spring. And Tony, you heard Tony say, Tony Barnhart, which college football. I don't go to spring games, he says. I didn't go to them. The people who went to this spring game went for other purposes, uh, not just to see the game, but to have a good time. It was a beautiful day. Uh, the weather was perfect. Uh, folks wanted to go to the swamp who'd never been there. We had, I believe David Soderquist said he's, he'd never been before. That was his first trip. He said one of the greatest days of his life. You get into their game free. You can party with your friends, which they did more than enough over on our tent, which is great. Um, and great job by Bubba uh, Ennis and the team. Bubba's on right now. So, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so we'll talk quarterbacks. But I said this yesterday, and I'll say it again. I think I might have said it on the radio show in Denver, too. Is it really don't get caught up by fool's goal. It's not just about the quarterbacks. 
That's again, as I said yesterday, it's about other things. Reviving the fan base, check mark. Watching players perform under game-like conditions, check. Teaching fundamentals, check. Having fun and showing future recruits what it could be like for them, check. Quarterbacks, still a work in progress. That's how I view that, all right? That's my thoughts, all right? So, listen, today as we speak right now, this is going on. Coach Steve Spurrier uh, is at uh, Ember's Restaurant. Uh, we caught up with him today and chatted with him about his new job as head ball coach. Time now to go to the hotline and talk to the guy I can now call once again the head ball coach. And as we speak, Steve Spurrier, you already are um, in Orlando at the Ember's uh, doing your appearance. Uh, announcing you, I think the restaurant's called Ember on uh, Central Boulevard, and uh, they're uh, you're, you're you're actually uh, accepting the job and making the announcement. So, so ask let me ask you this: Why would a guy with such a great job, who had all this his dream come true with his name on the stadium, who was secure financially and loved by many, go back to a game that could be so punishing? Buddy, I think uh, in life we all are supposed to do what we got talent doing. Uh, I guess because I am the winningest coach here in Florida and at South Carolina and at Duke, Happen, and this, that, and the other. And uh, I've been blessed uh, with some coaching ability, I believe, and I think I need to use it. I think uh, God intends all of us to use whatever talent we've got on this earth and do the best with it. And for two years, I've been sitting around watching, and a lot of people say, "How come you're not still coaching?" and you know, I, I left coaching, quit, resigned, whatever you want to call it, uh, really because I put together a bad team. I had a team that uh, was not accountable to each other. The attitude amongst the coaches and the players was not good. And, and I'm the blame. I'm the guy the head coach. And I sort of looked in the mirror one day and I said, you have made a mess of this team and you need to get the hell out of here. So that's basically what happened up there. Obviously, if they had to do over again, I would have left the year before. But I, I thought we'd made some changes, and for the second year in a row, we had the worst defense in school history, and I'm responsible for that. So, anyway, it was time to sort of clean house up there. But uh, coaching and being with the guys and uh, calling ball plays, offense, and trying to put a team together to go beat somebody, uh, that's uh, the fun part of life for me. Uh, I've been on the team since I was seven years old. My dad was the coach of a little league team in Athens, Tennessee, and my brother was uh, 10, I guess. And I was the bat boy, but I got a uniform. So I was on the dang team, and uh, they stuck me in right field one game. But uh, anyway, it's fun being on the team, and uh, hopefully we can put together a team in Orlando that can win this uh, Alliance Championship. That's going to be the goal, is to get a team that can win this thing and uh, make uh, the greater Orlando area, everyone in that uh, neighborhood of Orlando, proud of their team. The Alliance of American Football uh, underway now, and uh, tickets are up for sale this afternoon at the press conference. And I just went to the calendar, and I checked it out. 836 days ago, you resigned on October 13, 2015, as head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks, but you never retired. You always said, don't say I retired, say I resigned. Because in the back of your mind somewhere, you thought this day might be coming, right? Well, if somebody said, well, what kind of a, a coaching job would uh, get you back, I would say, well, something that uh, maybe lasts like four or five months a year uh, in the state of Florida. Obviously, I, I, I love the state of Florida. 
Tampa Bay, Gainesville, Orlando, Jacksonville. Those are all sort of uh, mine and Jerry's cities since 1963, since I came to Gainesville. So uh, so we got a team in Orlando. Uh, we're going to play uh, February, March, April. It won't interfere with me sort of being consultant ambassador up here in Florida. Uh, the other times I, I get a leave of absence. And uh, obviously, I'll still always represent the Gators the best I can, so forth. Uh, but this is uh, just a, a really good concept. I like the way the league is set up. Uh, we're going to try to prevent injuries. We're going to try to get the head out of hit. And uh, every coach, I, I hope, in this league will say, hey, we want everybody that plays in this game to leave when it's over healthy. We don't like seeing guys laying on the field. And protect uh, the opponents as well as your own teammates. That and the clock's going to go faster, 30 seconds between plays instead of 40. And uh, we hope to have a two and a half hour game somewhere around there. Uh, so anyway, uh, the prices are not going to be out of sight. And obviously, we're hoping uh, television. Uh, we got to deal with CBS. Uh, we we hope it's a, a made-for-TV league also. Well, you've done this before. It's called the USFL. The Bats were very popular. Yes, and and you and you put together a good team, and some of those players went on and had successful careers. So I know in this uh, the scheme of things is you to win and have fun, but also I know you want to develop players to get a second chance, maybe get some coaches who you know need a little boost and may get to go on and coach another level. So it's kind of a little bit of a mission for you in that regard, isn't it? Uh, well, I'll get the best coaches I can get, and uh, if some of them have worked with me in the past, then they'll come. And and I'm probably going to have uh, maybe one or two guys that played for me, buddy. Uh, Coach K has done pretty well hiring players that uh, played for him at Duke basketball. And uh, this is probably my first opportunity, really, to hire some uh, uh, former players. So we'll, we'll get some of those guys uh, down in Orlando also. Head ball coach, I can say it again, Steve Spurrier. Now, I know there's a lot to be determined, and I know that uh, you're enthusiastic about it. Don't start until next year. Got to pick out a name, et cetera, et cetera. Many things to be decided. But you kind of got a name that you sort of like, right? You got to do what? You sort of have a name that you liked, I'm told. Uh, for the oh, team. well, there was a name that was brought up, uh, Bianchi, I think. I don't know if somebody called it in or what, but uh, Ombre. Ombre is a Spanish term of endearment, uh, sort of like amigo in uh, Mexican, I guess, and sort of like my man in English. We say, hey, my man, or my pal, my buddy. Uh, uh, Ombre, it's a, yeah, it's a Spanish term, and, of course, the state of Florida was first colonized by the Spanish way back in the 1565 in St. Augustine. And uh, so, anyway, uh, I like that name, but whether or not that's it, we'll have to wait and see. Well, Coach, I appreciate it. we got noise in the background. The roofer's on top of the studio here. I know you've got great things ahead. Look forward to talking yeah. to you. Good luck in the new job. Look forward to seeing your team play and hearing more Okay, about buddy. It. Always good to talk to you. Nice to talk see ya. To you. Thank you, Coach. There he is, Coach Spurrier. You heard the roofer's on the top making the noise there, so – yeah, he's uh, – I can't believe someone said – I got a tweet uh says, couldn't anybody talk him out of this? Why would we talk him out of it? He's doing what he loves. He's taking a leave of absence. He's not going to get paid by the university while he's there. He wants to coach again. Like he said, it's in Florida. It's an hour and change to his home from Gainesville. Um, he could be a part of two communities, and he'll be happy again. Uh Yeah, there's going to be some uh, issues – there's going to be some problems, naturally. 
But I mean, I think you want him to be in a position where he's happy and I'm happy for him. That's how I feel about that. So I don't know how the press conference went. Um, we're going to see if we can get a hold of our friend uh, in Orlando, Mark Daniels, uh, and radio host of the show, uh, and down in uh, Gainesville. We'll give him a coming to Orlando. I believe we do have Mark Daniels on the line now. Hello, Mark Daniels. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm uh, doing good, sir. You're live on the air with Buddy Martin. We got the audience teed up and ready. We just heard from Coach Spurrier. And uh, how did things go down there for the new coach of the Orlando Hombres, or whatever they're going to be called? Well, I, you know, I think <laughs> I think Steve likes the spotlight again. Um, so I think he enjoyed it today. You know, he had the media out there, and he had a bunch of friends, you know, buddy from Gainesville down to Orlando. There's a lot of longtime Steve Spurs supporters and friends, and Alan Trammell and others that are real close to Steve were out, uh, you know, uh, supporting him today. And, you know, he's excited. I think it's an opportunity to coach football. It's different than what he's done before. I think, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure Steve thought he'd be in a situation to actually coach a team. And when this opportunity came about, uh, you know, uh, he, he jumped at it. And clearly, uh, you know, if they called him to coach a team in San Antonio, I don't think he would have done it. No. But the proximity to Gainesville and the beach house just makes you know sense for him. So I think he's excited about it. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, as you've seen and I've seen, there are many leagues that have come along with great ideas and a lot of supposed funding, and, and they face some challenges. And, and I'm not saying this won't work, but, you know, well, I mean, we'll see as they rolled out uh, the other teams and coaches and concept and, I go from there, but but Steve's excited, and 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 that's all that matters. I think the fans it is. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it's not going to be the National Football League. We realize uh, it's not even going to be the USFL. Uh, but I think what he likes about it, and I've said in this interview with him, is that the component of actually being able to help young coaches get jobs, uh, maybe a player who slipped through the cracks get revived and have a chance to go back and play, uh, and getting him back in the game now. He forgets the misery he had in South Carolina his last six months up there. But, uh, look, it's perfect for him. I'm happy for him. The person I talked to, uh, I could tell a difference in his mental outlook, uh, and he seemed – he knows what it is. He's not being fooled. But, of course, he's going to tell you, as I'm sure he did today, we're going to try to go win a championship, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the funny thing you bring up South Carolina, somebody made an ass and you remember the last game he coached was the UCF game during UCF's winless yes. season. And um, uh, so somebody said, you know, Coach, what happened to South Carolina and the desire again? He goes, uh, and goes, you know, led to the fire. He goes, because I fired myself in South Carolina. Right. <laughs> you know, right. but, um, you know, again, like today, I think Steve enjoyed when the attention's on him. I don't mean that in a negative way. We all have egos and stuff, but it's a guy that, you know, has been in the spotlight, the highest you could be. And I think he enjoyed the attention. I do think that the, the, the aspect of coaching, as you said, to whether he brings some former players on to help them get into coaching or even some older guys that's sort of an itch like him, I think he looks forward to that. And, uh, you know, players as well. The one thing as I was communicating with you that, that, that I think for Steve or anybody else in this league, as I saw it firsthand, I mean, Orlando's the home of all these leagues and the XFL before and the UFL of a few years back where Jay Gruden got a head coaching job there. And I hope Steve gets this. I mean, Steve's like, well, the league's going to distribute to players and it's going to be fun. Yeah, except when your left tackle goes down on Tuesday and you got a game on Saturday. I hope Steve understands his people have to find a left tackle. The league's not going to send somebody down there. And having seen how these other leagues operate, 
it's not just knowing available players, it's their health. How fast can I get there? Where do they play? And those are things that often from a coaching standpoint in leagues like this that some guys that have coached the level that Steve has coached don't really understand because some of these other leagues, and I bring up the UFL because you know I, I knew and know Jay Gruden well, and I was able to get some access in the offices there. And they're scouring the country. Okay, who do we know that plays guard? Where did he play? What kind of system was he in? Can we get him here? Then you call the guy and he goes, well, I got to check with my boss if I can get the week off. So those are things that I'm not quite sure Steve understands may uh, be a challenge for him. But, again, clearly to do some X and O's and run an offense, I think he looks uh, forward uh, to that in, in, in whatever form it ends up being. Mark Daniels from um, the Beat of Sports, 96 times the game in Orlando. I harken back to my days as a young Cub columnist to the Florida Today when I was covering boxing in Orlando. And I remember going over there and talking. Uh, there was a, a main match, and one of the guys that was supposed to be in it couldn't pass the physical. They literally dragged the guy out of the stands. And they went back and went out and got teed up, you know, and he lasted about maybe a round. Uh, and I wrote a column about him, and I actually got an award for that column. But that's what you're talking about. Like, you know, you got yeah. to deal with that kind of thing when you're at that level. Yeah, and, and look. The goal of trying to fill the roster with Gators and Seminoles and Knights mm-hmm. and Bulls and Canes and everything, it's fine. The concept sounds good. When people learn about where this league's going to put some other teams, I think they'll see where they're going with this. Um, it's going to be a heavy Southeastern league, buddy. You're going to see most of these teams are going to be really close to heavily populated college uh, towns because the concept is to go get players uh, from there. The one thing, and again, I know why Steve's done this, he keeps bringing up Tim Payne. And he keeps saying, now, now, you know, he's playing, playing baseball, so, so, so if that works out, it's fine. Certainly, if not, he, you know, we got number 15 uh, jersey for him. And yeah, buddy, you know this. From a marketing standpoint, Tebow's a grand slam to use, pun intended, of baseball. But quarterback-wise, he hasn't thrown a football in years, and you know Steve better than me. That's not his ideal system quarterback. Now, you want to sell tickets then no question Tim's that guy. But for what Steve usually runs an offense, 48% completion is not what gets it done in Steve's first offense. No, we did change his defense, his offense completely to South Carolina when he started running the football. <laughs> <laughs> he can do that. But it's it's good to see him back, see him happy. Now, did you have any people at the press conference? Yeah, there was a decent turnout. I mean, downtown Orlando is impossible to get to, but there was a you know, good media representation out there. Really? And um, – you know, there's a decent crowd that came out, and then, like I said, a lot of a lot of diehard Spurrier friends, right. really close friends, were there. Jerry was there. He was explaining that you know she had okay it and everything. And um, you know, like I said, Alan Trammell was there, a number of other Gator uh, supporters. So it was a, it was a heavy Florida flavor okay. um, uh, that was out there. But um, you know, I, I, I think Steve's embraced it. He's been, I mean, buddy, he knows. He's been as accessible and will do any and every interview the last couple of weeks. It's amazing how accessible Steve has been, and I think the league likes that. This is the first team and coach that they've rolled out there, although clearly we know that Rick Neuheisel was the one that got Spurrier to commit to this, so clearly Rick's going to be coaching a team somewhere. But, um, no, I think it was well represented today, and like I said, I think he really enjoyed the attention, and I don't say this as a criticism. I say that, that the spotlight, he, he, he likes that back on him. I'm going to say this, and, I, and from my perspective, and you can agree or disagree, but I could two perspectives. Number one, I can tell you when you get older, you don't want to quit if you're any good. No. If you still go what you're doing, you think you're decent, you can, you know, you're at least 85% of what you used to be. You want to continue to do something. Maybe you're not as high level, but certainly pretty good. And a little gray hair never hurt for sometimes to 
for maturity. It's so important. And the second thing is, what do you do? What does a coach do? This told me the story right now. The thing that got me was about a month ago, he told me about a phone call you have with Bobby Stoops. He said, what are you doing, Bobby? He said, well, I played golf by myself yesterday. And Steve <laughs> said, that's funny. I played golf by myself today. Now, that says, uh, that says a ton right there about their life after being in the heat of the spotlight. Suddenly, they could play golf while they wanted to, but they're playing golf by themselves. They got nothing yeah. to do. They got nothing to do. Well, he, he, well he, he, he told Bianchi uh, when Mike interviewed him after the story came out, the playoff your golf story. Um, and, and, you know, Steve, he is as competitive as anybody in the golf course. And, you know, you don't get the five-foot putt, and then if we're playing for whatever the skin is, we're playing for it. Mm. But he told Mike, he goes, I'm not the scratch golfer that I once was. And he goes, it ain't fun shooting in the mid-80s or near 90. Mm-hmm. And he said that's part of why the itch is there to coach. And then he brought up an interesting point uh, a little while ago. Uh, you know, and he started mentioning uh, Dickey and Daryl Royal and all these guys, and, and he goes, they stepped aside at 52, at 55, at 54, and he said, I never thought I coached in my 60s. And he said, I didn't win my first game at South Carolina until I was in my 60s, and I'm there winning as coach. So his point was, you know, back then, coaches, they stepped aside in the early mid-50s to go make monies in AD. Now, he says, these guys coach into their 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. and they said, you know, I guess, you know, that's the itch and competitiveness um, that's out there. And, um Look, I don't think Steve is going to embarrass himself. I mean, that doesn't guarantee he's going to win games. I just think that, that, that um, it's a chance to coach football. And for this league, it's perfect. And for him, I think it's fine. You know, buddy, nobody uh, – I did, maybe some did. When you see a Brett Favre or somebody that wants to keep on playing because they have that passion, some might laugh and say, but you're putting on someone else's uniform. Well, if he has a desire to play and he's comfortable the way his performance is, then, then that's on him to say when is when. And I think for Steve, he knows it's not major college football. It's not the NFL. He's going to have some names that he feels comfortable with that will give the league some attention. So I think all that, uh, you know, is the reason why he feels let's go do it. Is this a five- to ten-year project? No. Is it two or three? Maybe. But I think he feels like he could be successful. Well put. Well said. Thanks for your time. We'll look forward to see what these Orlando hombres or whatever you call them are going to be like. And maybe we'll be on there to see you in January when they start playing. So if they get Sounds it off good. the ground. Hey, Mark, Mark Daniels uh, from uh, Orlando you. Radio Station. Thank you very much, Mark. Appreciate it. 9-6 the game. All right. So, yeah. Um, well, there you have it. I want to, what I'm thinking about this, I want to be sure and mention that we now have another elite member. Uh, and that would be Andy Heyman, who was the first one that signed on today. And if I can get this right and get it on, I'm going to attempt to get this up and and show the list of elites and thank all of them because you folks and, and others as well, by the way, not just the elites. Uh, after all, the uh, there are other people who stepped up and helped out as well. So many people. This is just a list I want you to see. If uh, you can see there, the folks on there, take a bow. And Andy Heyman is the last one, 15 elites. And we're going to find a way to uh, – to reward you, some of you already know about that. You got uh, so a little goodie there too there over the weekend. So uh, thank all these people, and also just in general, I tell you the truth. I almost feel like a coach. I don't want to single out anybody because so many people were great. Uh, this show is about not just about the Gator Nation Kingdom. It's a, certainly a big component. It's about other things and other people and other sometimes even non-Gator topics, which we 
will shift into once in a while. Some of you will like it, and some of you may not, and that's, you know, but we're going to be a hopefully a good source uh, of information for the most part. Like I said earlier, I've got the list here. We're going to have uh, Robbie Andrew uh, Crislow from ESPN, I don't know if you know Chris or not, um, a guy that covers the, uh, the team uh, for the Associated Press. Mark Long will be joining us. He gets a little different perspective of things, a more global sense. We're going to have um, uh, uh, Chris Doring, one of the favorites around here, um, will be joining us later on. Uh, I believe we're going to have uh, um, Zach Albavardi, if we can work it out. Tomorrow night we're at World Beer, uh, and we're going to be uh, uh, there with Bubba. Bubba says he's come to come in and box my ears and set me straight and tell me I'm full of beans that uh, I've got the wrong quarterback guy. I, I, you know, I'm willing to listen, Bubba, but uh, you know, just uh, remember, uh, you know, from one quarterback to another, uh, it takes more than just a pretty looking arm to be the quarterback. All right, let's see who can lead. Let's act as who can lead. That's a, a very, very key. And I don't have a really a horse in this race. Uh, I don't, and like someone said, we don't care who it is. Uh, just the fact, I'll repeat myself, to have competition. Think about it. How long has it been since two places quarterbacks were competitive for the job at Florida? Look at every other major SEC program. They've all got two and three. You need at least two. In Florida's case, if Emory Jones works out, they can have three. You need that competition to make it work. It's so, so important. So you want to be sure and uh, uh, bring that along. And uh, uh, let me just say thank you to all you folks tonight. Uh, for being out there and uh, to take, take a part in the show. Um, good to hear from Brett Prophet. Uh, I don't know Brett. Brett, you must be new. Good to have you. He says, Emory. Now, that'll be the battle cry of the next. It's always, it, there's, a, there's a phrase around sports, particularly the NFL. The most popular player is always the backup quarterback. It's true. It's, it's the guy who's not playing because he's always going to be better than the ones playing. It's the old grass is greener syndrome. Think about it. It's always the guy who's not playing. Uh, look, whoever gets the job, Trask, Franks, Emory Jones, it's going to have some bad games. The big test is going to be for you folks, you loyal, stay loyal to the kingdom people, and I love you all to death, is what happens if Florida loses a couple in a row? What's going to happen then? Uh, you know, and suddenly things change. Attitudes change. Are you going to still be there? Are you still going to stay loyal to the kingdom? Because I'm going to take you back to four months ago when we started this at the time when it looked like Florida was without a coaching candidate because they've been turned down by Chip Kelly. There were people on this program, we did a weekend special or two, who said Florida will never be good in football again. I swear to you, it's over, they said. We'll never get a coach here. And we really talked people off the ledge for three days. Calm down. This is the University of Florida here, okay? And they're going to figure it out. They got the resources. They got the tradition. It'll take a little while. And quite frankly, I didn't know who that coach was going to be, but I just felt like they're going to find somebody. Somebody's going to emerge. Now, maybe it's going to be Dan Mullen. Certainly looks that way. And so you got to remember, fans are like this, you know, like this. It's a roller coaster. And whether they, when you're good, they love you. When they're not, they hate you. But one thing about this particular show and this particular Facebook page 
is that we may go through some whiny periods. We may have some situations where people are very unhappy. Uh, they may just, uh, be even people who want to do, uh, you know, who, uh, who, who want to say fire mullen. That's ridiculous. But, you know, go ahead and vent on those days. We'll let you about off the hook the next day because this is part of what it is. But we don't trash. We don't believe we don't trash. That's what we do. Jack, in interest in regards to somebody, I'm going to answer your questions. I'm going to say goodbye through Dan Hightower. Um, yeah, Bruce, while was the right time. Uh, Jack Campbell says, buddy, uh, you go to YouTube and you look at Max old pressers. They will get over it very quickly. You're so right, Jack. Listen, I was in a lot of those pressers. It was like getting a root canal. It was painful. Mullen's fun. In fact, I have to back off sometimes because I get uh, so excited. Um, sorry, Crystal says, uh, all right, Crystal, I love your enthusiasm, but I'm going to put this one up on the board, and I'm going to remind you if they lose two in a row, Crystal, what you said. Absolutely loyalty here, GNK to the end. I love that, Crystal. I love it. Now, can you live by it? These people will hold you accountable. Uh, Jack Pamble also said when there's a new pope, uh, Buddy will have the inside information for City White's book. No, nah, not really, but we'll find out one way or the other. We have we have a few people who tell us things. Speaking of which, I want to get around to the final thought. There was a rumor, and I don't like to say that word because I don't like to deal in it, but a lot of people are wondering, I'll put it that way, about what has happened to C.C. Jefferson, and I do not know. Two people have either, one, well, one person wrote it, one person said it, I'm unable to confirm this, they said, but I hear that C.C. Jefferson may have a torn labrum. What's the labrum? That's your next question. No, it's not the knee. It's actually right in here, the shoulder socket. In, in front. If you saw the game, you saw, is it 96, when he went down and lay on the ground like that? That's usually a broken collarbone or a labrum or something when it happens, and they do like that. But here's the thing about it. He went off the field, and he came back on the game, on the field again. So there's been no medical report issued that I know of. Have you folks heard anything? So until I hear it officially, I'm not going to, uh, I am not going to say that that happened. I'm just wondering exactly what uh, that's about. Uh, Chad Rich, my man, my superstar brother, who is one of the key admin here, who does such a fabulous job on our tech side for us and got us up. There are a couple of people asking how to become elite. Can you review that for them? I will. I will review that, and I'll even stay a little extra if I have to. Uh, we're funding this thing through our own pockets, basically my checkbook, you know, whatever. Um, I chose to make that investment, and, you know, obviously we're not making money, and we haven't. That's okay. Uh, we, we're looking long-term, trying to figure this out. Uh, people have helped. Bubba put on a wonderful tailgate. Many of you participated by giving a donation some of you sent me money for donations. I was able to buy some T-shirts with some of that money and sell them, give them to the admin. And by the way, those admin who are are not moderators, but admin and, and uh, the, the knights or whatever you want to call yourself, and uh, the key uh, people got their shirts and a copy of the Steve Spurrier book as a part of the being an elite. When you're elite, you get special goodies. We gave you that this past weekend. And those of you who have not gotten them, just going to have to just email me and we'll figure out a way to get it to you. So what we're doing, we're going to do some special things. And we've never outlined it. This is one of the things that we had to deal with when we had a rogue, a rogue admin try to take us down last week. 
who, by the way, did not succeed. Somebody went against us. Not only did they drop out, they tried to destroy us by taking down a hundred and something people's names off of the list of members, including Mike Bianchi and 15 or so, 12 to 15 former players that I knew took them off in the race and tried to get rid of them. But we overcame that thanks to the wonderful job by Jennifer Lay and Lynn Tillman, Bob on the team, by saying, by gollies, we're going to make our original goal of 2000, even though we dropped down to seven below 1700 for the first time. And by the time we got to Saturday, before they kicked it off, I thought Lynn Tindall was going to turn cartwheels on University Boulevard. We hit over 200. We have bigger plans for that in the future. Bubba has bigger plans for down the line in the tailgate. Certainly, if we have to go another that yeah, that tent for another week, another year season, have it every game, a major expense. Uh, the people who participate at whatever level, and we have not decided that level yet. We don't know. We don't know about what the thing costs in May. But if we can do that, it's going to require some support. What can you help with? What would you like to be in? And, and Bubba, as he says, has a county for every penny. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the level of participation will depend upon you. At no time have we ever tried to put the arm on you, or have we said there's any charging for this, this show? There's not. There's not. It's strictly up to you. With that money, we reinvest in things, in this in equipment, and whatever we need to make it work here for you every day. So that's what that is. And the elite, and we may have other levels of that. We don't know. It's too early to tell. Is to pay for the social uh, and the technological support we need to do this show and have these 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 deals. So that's what that, that's that's about. So, um, Jack, if I'm sorry, let me just go ahead and put this in. I keep asked this. People want see. There's Jack Campbell. Everybody wants to give. We we normally say it's about 150 bucks for elite status. Uh, and, and some have sent three times that much, but that's just on you. It's up to you. you don't have to say the blind, by the way. You're welcome here, even if you don't. But Jack, I'm going to write this as my address, uh, right here, and you can put it away. Um, and you, this is where I take my mail. You'll see it go on the screen there, uh, uh, in Ocala and, uh, drop it in the mail and we'll put that in the bank and we'll go and, uh, Make something better and maybe go toward uh, the tent. Who uh, who knows? But we'll give you more information. We have, The elites, by the way, are going to get other other preferential treatments as we get them. I might even buy you a beer if you come out to the world of beer. Um, okay, this is where you can send it to, Jack. Thanks for asking. And by the way, we're not soliciting. Okay, please don't think that we are. <clears throat> Lisa, thank you. By the way, Lisa Murray, you're the one, I believe, that walked up, and I don't know what happened to this, and said, I've got this Gator watch. And it's too heavy for me. It's pretty brand new. I'd like to give it away to raffle. And I gave it to Bubba, and they, he raffled it off. And I, I think it might have gone. I don't know if it went to the fireman's fund or whatever, but it went to a good cause. So, uh, so Gary Addison wants to be a lead. Okay. I don't have Crystal. I have an old PayPal account. I don't trust it at this point in time. So until I can get it up again, all I can do is take a check. Okay. <clears throat> and, and thank you for participating in that. Uh, and I, I don't want anybody to think I'm trying to rip you off. I just want you to know that this, this is, if you don't know our hearts by now, you don't know us. Those of you who are there, hopefully, you know, when it's involving money, we like to be totally above board and transparent. Uh, and, uh, we were able to, I was able to, 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 to get by $800 worth of t-shirts and, and, and 30 of which we gave out and others, which we sold some to get money back at a discounted rate, I might add. 
So um, anyway, so yeah, we're trying to, we really appreciate that. You folks have been really wonderful. Oh, Crystal says she wanted to watch. <laughs> Very good, Crystal. Oh, boy. Now, what do you want to be? By? Listen, Crystal. Uh, yeah, so Bubba says he can take PayPal by card on his site. Um, I can't on mine. So you can either mail it to me or Bubba. It's all the same pile. Bubba and I share money, whatever it is. Whatever he needs, I give him. Uh, whatever um, uh, um, I need, uh, he gives me. Uh, Andy Heyman, as I said, the newest one. Uh, thank you, Chris Howe. Another one wants to be elite. All right, Bubba, well, you better get on here and give him that information. Uh, <clears throat> well, thank you, Gary. That's a nice comment. I appreciate that. Uh, I must say, this is unlike anything I have ever experienced in my many years on this earth. The people and the outpouring of affection and sincerity and all wanting to do something special without regard for their, their own agenda. And I'll quote Chad Rich again. And he's one of many that worked so hard this weekend. Bubba being, I mean, I, can, I don't even want to mention people because I, I didn't mention 25 people who did such a wonderful job and their spouses, my gosh, were amazing. Uh, so I think, but I think Chad summed it up nicely uh, when he said, uh, I said, Chad, thank you so much for the time you spent out there on that internet and on the Wi-Fi. We didn't even know if we we're going to get it up. And we didn't know if we get it up, if we'd be allowed to do the broadcast. Oh, we don't call it broadcast. We call it a Facebook update. So we didn't know. Uh, and so he worked anyway, tirelessly. He and Michael and our friend James, who was on the university. I said, Chad, thank you so much for, the, for what you did. And he said, for working so hard, I believe Chad's quote was, it's not work when it's from the heart. And I thought that summed it up nicely. I think that's what we're talking about here, okay? So anyway... Thank you, folks, for everything. Uh, we um, thank you, Jack. Thank you, um, everybody. It's good to hear from you tonight, and always good to hear from you on this. And uh, we're back tomorrow night, World of Beer. We're going to look at some schedule changes in the future. Let's talk about maybe doing a morning thing. I don't know. I have to talk to the Crown Prince and see what he wants to do. He wants us to do. We got we know late late night dilly dilly. We'll have on Friday with Tom Schmitz, and we'll have some other people like Chris Story. This belongs to you. And I think Bubba said this with the group. I'll, with this, I'll let you go. We'll hear from Daniel Hightower. Uh, Bubba said, uh, you know, uh, you're, you, you're the one responsible for this. You folks made this. And i got to give credit to my son, Brendan Martin, and to Bubba. They really were the ones who had the, provided the energy and the vision. And, and, and then you made it. So as long as you want it, we're going to do it. Okay? And if we can just keep our heads above water. Don't even care if we make money. We just don't want to lose a lot. And we'll give you what we can, the best that we got, and hopefully you'll like it. We certainly love doing it for you. I'll say that. So let's hear from our generous sponsor. It's a good man right here, I'll tell you that much. And then we'll come back and say good night. Job-related accidents create incredible stress on your finances, your relationships, and most importantly, your sense of well-being. When the adjuster is not approving benefits you're entitled to by law, you need Dan Hightower to help you understand all of your legal options. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. Call Daniel L. Hightower today to better understand all your legal options. 352-629-7777. That's a wrap for tonight. Once again, we'll be with you tomorrow night.
Um, and uh, I know this much. Uh, it was such a special time. The football was good, but that was not the, the best part. The best part was being with you. I go back to uh, to Nat Blaylock's comments. It was like meeting a bunch of cousins you never knew you had. So thank you. Uh, appreciate it very much. I'll let you stay on here and say good night. I'll say good night here from Studio 12 here in the beautiful Ocala, and uh, we'll leave it on for a while. Take care.